welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. So the month of um, February is kind of a month that's all about love and families. And so we're going to do a series this month talking about uh, family stuff love stuff, marriage stuff. We're calling it all in the family. If you were here last weekend, you would have seen Jacob roaming around with some questions on his phone and a microphone to ask some of us questions. And that's because, listen, I wanted to have like a video that we shot and we filmed before each and we showed before each service, but you may have noticed we have no screen in this room. So we couldn't show you a video, but we can show you an audio clip. And so Jacob roamed around and it's okay. You can eat your sandwich and keep looking up. When it's, I'm just talking about you. <laughs> and um, what I wanted Jacob to do was I wanted him to get like just people's first impressions because people's first impressions are generally what they really believe and feel about something, right? It's like their knee-jerk reaction. What do you think about this? And they tell you, and that, that's what they really believe because it's the first thing that comes out. So Jacob roamed around. So I want you to take a second. I think it's like a minute and 10 seconds long. And we're going to try and play this audio clip. And you guys can hear what some of you said last week, some parenting tips they had for us, okay? Are you ready? All right, let's try this. Best piece of parenting advice. Try to be patient. Yes. Think it through a little bit before maybe you respond or react. Don't be a helicopter mother. It's totally different between the man and the woman. Totally different. Um, to not take things too seriously. To just... Kind of be carefree and just let go with the flow because the baby spits up, it does pooping, and you have to bathe it, and it cries and all that. So just be easygoing. Don't be a jellyfish parent. Don't be a brick wall parent. But be a backbone parent. Patience. When the parent messes up, be okay to say, I'm sorry. Yeah, because I think the kids actually need to hear that, that we make mistakes. That's a hard thing to um, admit, right? Because you always want to be right. Who doesn't want to be always right? Sure. Right? But they need to hear when you're wrong that you're wrong and fess up to it. Kids are a gift. And you're to be, and we're to be their stewards. God has entrusted them to us. So we're to steward them like the precious gift that they are. And that, and that makes them his responsibility to grow them. And we're just there to listen to him, to guide them. Not always successful, but yeah. <laughs> that's what you want to do. Just be consistent. And it's also not the end of the world if you make a mistake. I think God knows that we're not perfect parents. So it's kind of, you knew that in the beginning. So if you think uh, you're going to screw up your kids, I don't think you're going <laughs> to. So do your best. Train them up in the way they should go. But. Yeah, don't beat yourself up if you're making mistakes. Can you hear? Oh, there you go. Wasn't that good stuff? I think my favorite was when Beth said, when the babies do pooping. <laughs> they do pooping and they make a mess. Um, you know, uh, Margaret said in there, the Bible says that children are a gift from the Lord and they are a gift from the Lord. Um, so we're going to talk about parenting tonight, and I want to tell you this before we start off. Um, parenting is one of those roles in life that once you become a parent, you never finish that role. It changes, 
it changes over time, but once you become a parent, that role sticks with you until somebody goes home to be with Jesus. It changes, it looks differently, your kids graduate, and they, they need different things from you at different seasons in their life. What little Avea needs right now from Jacob and Beth is going to be completely different in 10 years, and 15 years, and 20 years, and good Lord, in 40 years, what, what she's going to need from you is going to be completely different. But you have, to lo- you have to know that, and you have to adapt and change with it to maintain the role that God has put you in. Parenting is a God-ordained role. I want to tell you this. I've been thinking a lot about this as well before we jump into this. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about um, Esther lately. In in Esther 4.14, when her cousin Mordecai comes to her and says, you know, they're all in trouble. Um, The guy got mad at Mordecai because he wouldn't bow down. And because, you know, if you stop and think about Esther, it's a crazy story. Um, all of the Jews are about to be killed on a certain day. They rolled the dice to figure out what day they were going to all go and publicly kill the Jews. Okay, and it was like a year later, and it was all because uh, Mordecai wouldn't bow down as this guy rolled past him on his horse. And so this guy gets mad and says, we're going to kill all the Jews, let's roll the dice, oh, it's going to be in a year, we're going to go out and kill them. And so Mordecai goes to his to his cousin, who is Queen Esther, and says, hey, you know, you're going to get killed too. It's going to come out that you're a Jew as well, and you're going to get caught in this. Just because you're a queen, don't think you're going to escape. Then he says this, you know, maybe God basically puts you here for such a time as this. And I've been thinking a lot about how God chose right here, right now, for you to exist and to live and be alive and to be doing life. In all the ages, in all the days, in all the places of the world where he could have chose for you to be and exist, he chose you to be here right now. Isn't that amazing? That means that there are things that you are called to do here and now. You know, I came across a study that was done by some really mathy person 10 years ago and they figured out the statistical probability of you existing right now have you ever thought about this the chances of you being alive right here and now have you thought about that before anybody no no well let me tell you something through the statistics this is what they figured out you have a chance of are you ready for this one in 10 to the 200 or two million six hundred and eighty fifth thousandth percent of being here right now so one to ten with 200 or 27 million zeros behind it that's a big number oh a one and a ten with 27 million zeros after it now they go this is these are math nerds and they sit in their their nerdery and they come up with nerd formulas about like let's figure this out and I, I only call them nerds because I'm jealous and I could never figure this out but they they took into account things like the the statistical probability of your dad meeting your mom and they took into account the statistical probability of every one of your ancestors having a child that resulted in you and and they they took into account the sperm meeting the egg and the amount of sperm and the amount of egg that's involved they took into account all these things the they took into account that once you and that person met 
met? What was the chances of you guys going on a second date? And what was the chances of you guys staying together? And then after that, what was the chances of you guys having children? And they did all the nerdy, nerdy math stuff and came up with the realization that the number was 1 in 10 to the big number, 27 million zeros after it. They said it this way. They said, let me try and help you understand, give you a mental picture to understand how abstract and how large that number is. They said, imagine all the oceans in the world. Pick an ocean in your head, doesn't matter. All the oceans, any, any of the oceans, you pick one. And imagine that there is exactly one turtle swimming in one ocean. Underwater, somewhere. They said the chances of you being alive is the same chance of somebody throwing a life preserver into the water and that one turtle swimming up and boop, popping its head out in the middle of the life preserver. They said that's the statistical probability of you living right now. Now we know that God has written the days of your life in the palm of his hand and that God chose you to be here and now. But the, the chances of you being here are astronomical. And you're here because there's something that God has called you to do with your life, with your time here on this planet. And one of those things is to be a godly parent. That's one of the things that you are called to do. I'm going to show you this tonight. We've got four points that we're going to look at, four things we're going to look at. I want to tell you this. Every one of these things applies to a parent in every stage of parenting. Okay, so don't sit here and be like, well, I don't have to listen anymore because I'm Jeff and I don't have any kids at home anymore and I can take a nap right now because this doesn't apply to me and I can't wait to have coffee when church is done. I can't wait to sing a song again. I can't wait for something. No, I want to tell you that these things we're going to look at together for the next few minutes apply to every phase of your parenting life. So the first thing I want to tell you this, where did my Bible go? Oh, here it is. Uh, let's go to Genesis chapter 1 together. If you want to know how something was designed to be, you go to the beginning of the book, you go to the beginning of the manual, don't you? No? Just me? Genesis chapter 1, I don't want to read this with you. This is the account of the creation when God put things in order and created the earth and he created man. In Genesis chapter 1, I sure hope you found Genesis already, because if you haven't, we need to stop for a second and talk. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 says, Then God blessed them and said this, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Look at your neighbor and say, be fruitful and multiply. Gene just said, I don't want to be fruitful. <laughs> My multiplying days are done. I don't want to. <laughs> this is interesting to me. So here we have the creation account. And you need to know this. The first command that God gives Two human beings. He creates man. The Bible says he created the male and female in his image. He created them. And the first thing he says to them is what? 
Be fruitful and multiply. I want to tell you tonight that family matters to the Lord. Family matters. Listen, there is a thing happening in the world, in the society and the culture we live in, where the family model is being destroyed and tore apart. And I want to tell you right off the bat that the Lord says, family matters. Be fruitful and multiply. Then he goes on and says, have dominion and subdue it. Listen, it wasn't God's idea just to have kids, to have, guys, go have sex. And oh, byproduct of having sex is you have babies. I don't know how to raise these things. Let them grow wild and, and woolly and let them do whatever they want. No, God's idea of parenting was for you to parent and raise those children in good, godly ways. Do you know that the Muslim faith is one of the fastest growing faiths in the world right now? And do you know how they're growing their faith? How they're growing their... Yes. They are being fruitful and multiplying. And they are growing their religion. They are expanding around the world. They are evangelizing by sheer dominance because they take it seriously the thought about family and family matters and being fruitful and multiplying and putting into your kids the values and the truths that you hold dearly family matters to you family matters to god so you're not just a parent because you had sex one time Yeah. Some of us, one time. <laughs> we have two kids. It's what. I have a story I could tell, but we'll save that for a marriage class. <laughs> It is a good story. It's a story about faith and trusting the Lord. <sighs> Family matters. Family matters to the Lord. Right off the bat, he says, be fruitful and multiply. And raise and have dominion and raise those kids in the things that I have told you, in the way that I have told you. Family matters. Hang on to family. Hang on to your kids. Hang on to those relationships. I don't mean hang on to them and drown them and smother them and never let them grow up and never ever leave you and say, no, you have to stay in this house forever. I mean, pay attention to them. Parent your children. Raise your children. Train your children. We're going to talk about all these things. But family matters to the Lord. And if it matters to the Lord, you know who else it should matter to? Us. All right, so family matters. Next thing I want to tell you about this is the next thing I want to say to you is environment matters. Yep, you have kids. They're born, they grow up in the world. And the environment that something grows and is raised in is very important to the outcome of that thing. Whether it's an animal, a plant, whatever, a child, Whatever environment it is in needs to be the right environment for that thing to grow and flourish and thrive. So when we're talking about your kids, I want to tell you tonight that the environment that your kids are in matters. So let me, let me, 
listen, before I, before I go there, let me say this. I was thinking about this. You know, in Genesis chapter 6, verses 14 and 16, is when the Lord is telling Noah to build the ark. And he doesn't just say, Noah, go build an ark. Just go build a boat. Noah's never seen a boat. They haven't had oceans yet. There is no context for this. And what does the Lord do? He prepares an environment for the saving of the world. And he gave, uh, he gave Noah very specific instructions, didn't he? Why? Because environment matters. You know, when the Lord spoke to Moses and said, I want you to build me a tabernacle, a place where I will dwell in your midst and in your presence. He didn't say, Moses, it's up to you, man. You go figure out how you want this to look. I'll just be happy to have, like, some accommodations, you know. Just, just like, just give me, a, 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 like, a suite on the house. I don't care. I just need, just give me something simple and basic. No, the Lord had some very specific instructions about how Moses was supposed to prepare the environment for the presence of the Lord. Why? Because the environment matters. You can read all through the word of God and see where the Lord is wanting to work in your heart and your life because the environment matters. Because what God does inside of you creates the environment outside of you. The work that he wants to do inside of Kelly creates the atmosphere in the environment around her. The environment matters. You can read all through the stories in the, in the Old Testament. You can read all through the Word of God and see where God is saying specific things and do this this way and, and I want you to go here and say this and do this and I want you to be at this place at this time specifically and I want you to wait and I want you to go and I want you to listen for the sound in the trees because environment matters to the Lord. So when you are raising your children, what environment are you raising them in? What is the faith level in your environment? What is the spirituality level in your environment? What are your kids growing in? Are they growing in an environment of nasty, dirty stuff? Is there like bad music on the radio filling up their hearts and their minds and their spirits? Is there stuff on the TV that is getting inside of them? Is there things that are in the home? Is there strife and is there stress and is there division that these kids are growing in? Because guess what? If you try and grow something in that environment, what's going to happen? It'll be twisted and deformed. It won't come out the way that it's designed. You know, like you can, you can find all kinds of, people do all kinds of studies on plants and environments that they grow in. There was, there's this one study that Jen likes to talk about, about this, these two plants that, that were both planted in one plant they spoke good things to, and they would go whisper nice words of the plant, and you're a beautiful plant. I just love you so much. You have such great leaves, and your, your stems are amazing, and you're going to do great things. You're going to be a great plant of all the plants in all the world you're going to be the greatest plant and then they had another plant they said you're the ugliest plant I've ever seen nobody all the other I heard all the other plants talking at the plant playground they were all talking about you not one of those plants like you and they said that 
After doing this study, I forget how many days it was, but after doing this study, the plant that they said nice things to, that they had a good environment for this plant, this plant was thriving and, and flourishing and growing and, and, and becoming what it was called and destined from seed form to be. But the plant that they were saying all these nasty, horrible things to, nobody likes you, you're an ugly plant, you smell. As far as plants go, you smell. I don't even like being around you. They said that this plant was withering and dying and it was deformed and not growing the way that it was supposed to be. Environment matters. What environment are you growing? What environment are you establishing around you? Listen, here's the thing. Proverbs says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And Jesus said, what's inside of you is going to come out of you. So what's inside of you, you think about how you view yourself, and what's inside of you comes out. And you know, what you really think about yourself is going to work its way out of you. And it's going to create that environment around you. And as your kids get older, and they can navigate life themselves, and they grow and they mature, if you find themselves distancing themselves from you, you might want to ask what kind of environment you've created. What kind of environment have you created for your children to grow in? Is it a healthy environment? Is it a life-giving environment? Is it an environment full of faith and encouragement and strength and wisdom and grace and peace? Or is it an environment of division and hurt and wounds and back-talking and fighting and hatred? Because nothing can grow, nothing healthy can grow in those places. Environment matters to the Lord. And let me tell you this. We're going to move to the third point here. As environment is so important, you can have the best environment in the world. But Proverbs chapter 22, 6, let's look at this together. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says this. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says, in the New Living Translation, direct your children onto the right path, and when they're old, they won't leave it. The New King James uses the word train up your child. Train up your child. You can have the best environment in the world, but if you are not directing or training up your child in the way that it should go, they will not grow and prosper the way that they're designed to grow and prosper. There has to be training involved. I was sitting uh, in our living room yesterday, and I looked out the window, and I saw uh, all these trees planted around the property. And you know what they do is they plant these trees, and they're young, and they're little baby trees, and they got to grow, and they put these big stakes in the ground beside them, one on each side, and they wrap that strap around them, and they tie it off. Why do they do that? Because the tree needs training to grow. Otherwise, left to its own devices, its roots aren't deep enough, and so some strong wind would come along, and it would blow one way or the other, and it would begin to grow twisted. It would begin to fall over. It would grow sideways. And so what do they do? They train the tree to grow properly. They train the tree to go strong. So it says here in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, train up your child in the way that they should go. Direct your children. So when they're old, they won't depart from it. Listen. 
Ruth's kids are almost all grown. Jaden's the youngest one living at home, and in a few years, Jaden's going to be gone. But I want to tell you, Ruth can still train her children. Ruth can still direct her children because as they grow, Jaden's going to need advice. Jaden's going to need wisdom because he's going to come up against obstacles in his life that he's never dealt with before, and I don't know how to do this. And so what do we do in those times? Our kids should come back to us and say, what should I do? I need direction. I need training. I need help. Who is directing your children? Who is training your children? Are your kids' friends training them? Is the internet training your kids? Well, for a lot of people, the answer is yes. The internet is training your kids. Is media and culture directing and training your children? Is the school training and directing your children? Filling them up? Directing their paths? Setting their future? You know, spending all these years in ministry, one of the things I found a lot doing through youth ministry was that people would bring their kids, I've also done kids ministry, and I found this, people would bring their kids to church, they'd bring their youth to church, and they wanted the church to train and direct their children, which we try and do, obviously. But listen, an hour a week doesn't hold a candle to the amount of time they spend at home with you or the amount of time they spend, they spend at school with their friends or online. The Bible says train up your kids in the way they should go because when they're old, they won't depart from it. Sydney, when your kids, when you have kids one day, you've got to learn to train them. You've got to say, this is what we do, this is what we don't do. I'm training you. Don't, don't walk in this way, walk in this way. Don't, we don't talk that way. We don't act that way. We don't say these, say these things. When your kids are old and grown and they're, they're big adults like Johnny and Cherokee and they're, they're married and they don't live at home anymore and, and they're... They got a little baby on the way, and they're trying to sort out their lives. And they're like, I got questions. I don't know what to do. Well, guess what? That's when Chad and Willow can come along and say, let me help you. Let me train. Let me offer some wisdom and direction because you might not have all the answers because guess what? You haven't gone this way before. And here's the thing. See, Chad and Willow haven't been where Blake and Adrian have been at. And so there could be things in Chad's life where he goes to his dad and say, I, I don't have an answer for this. I need some direction. I need some wisdom. I need some training. Dad, do you have any thoughts about what I should do in this situation? It never stops. You are called to be a parent your whole life. This right here is just the very beginning. Buckle up, buddy. <laughs> this is the beginning parenting godly parenting the thing that god desires when he says be fruitful and multiply his plan is generational his plan is to continue on and on you don't grow useless you grow more useful there are things that my parents have experienced and dealt with that I have not yet. And so even though we've been married for 25 years and even though our daughter turns 23 this year and our son turns 20 this year and we're kind of like this weird empty nest-ish type thing right now happening and building a house and trying to sort it all out, we still have questions and need wisdom and direction. 
Generational is how the Lord thinks. Family matters to the Lord. The environment that you're raising your kids in matters to the Lord. And when your kids are grown and have left the home, the environment still matters because you want to be able to speak into those kids' life. You don't want your kids saying, no, I can't go ask my mom and dad because they're crazy. And I don't want to go back to that environment. You want your environment to be a place where your kids always feel like they can come home and be welcome. They can feel like they can always come home and feel loved and get the nurturing and get the wisdom and get the instruction of the Lord so they can move forward to the next season and phase of their life because you have something they don't have. You don't grow more useless. You grow more useful every day. Environment matters. Training matters to the Lord. You can have the best environment in the world, but without training, you are wasting the perfect opportunity. You get the best tree in the world, take it out to your yard. But look at this tree, it's amazing. We had this tree at our house up at Cultus that Jen and Pat went out to go find. It was this big yellow flowery tree. And man, I tell you what. For two years, I tried to train that tree, and I kept staking it in the ground and trying to make it grow the way that it was supposed to grow. I just couldn't get it right. And isn't that like parenting sometimes? You know, you try over and over again. You feel like, man, I just can't get this right. I can't figure this out. I, I, was, do, I was staking this way, and I, like, man, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not inclined that way. I really tried, guys. I'd, I'd go to the garden store and buy all kinds of steaks and stake them in the ground and tie it up with that rope. And no matter what I did, it just, like, it would always come loose and slack. Apparently, there's some trick to training trees I just don't know and couldn't figure out. But it's in those moments where I go to people who have the expertise that I don't. I go to people that have wisdom that I don't so that I can learn to train in the proper way so that the training is effective and the children grow to be what God created them to be. Family matters. The environment matters. Your training matters. Don't let somebody else, do not let somebody else train your children. Do not allow it to happen. Don't let it happen. Don't say, oh, well, it's, it's the school. It's okay. The school is raising my children. The church is raising my children. My friends are training my kids, and my friends are good people. Great, but they are your God-given responsibility. They are under your authority. God has placed them in your life. Train up. The Bible says train up your child in the way that it should go. The responsibility is 100% right on your shoulders. last thing I want to tell you is this. Ephesians 6, we all know this verse. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise, that it would be well with you and you would have a long, good life. I love the beginning of that verse where it says, children, obey your parents, uh, for this is right. Basically, he's, he's saying, yeah, uh, obviously, Kids, you should obey your parents. I want to tell you this. Just as a, as a simple side note, you should demand that your children obey you. Yeah. You should insist that your children obey you. It's not your children's choice whether they do what you tell them to do or not. Oh, you don't believe me? <laughs> your children 
when they are raising, when Avea doesn't have a will of her own yet, but when your kids get three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and they are growing and they are becoming children of their own, do not allow your children to decide whether they're going to obey you or not. Kelly, don't allow, don't allow Judah and Luke and Piper to choose when they will obey you and when they won't obey you. Insist that your kids obey you. The Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's the right thing to do. And here's why it's so important that you teach your kids to obey you. If your kids don't learn to obey you, guess who they will not else learn to obey? Are you sure? I mean, you're all staring at me like... This guy's off his rocker. My kid can do whatever he wants to do. Yep, you're right. Your kid can do whatever they want to do, and you will get the fruit of that in your life. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Then he says, honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with the promise. And that promise is, is that they will have a long, good life. We've always told Sidney and Josiah, hey, obedience is great. I want you to obey. You need to obey because this is how we learn to obey in all areas of our life. But what the Lord is looking for is honor. And he says this, honor is the first commandment. Out of the big Ten Commandments, perhaps you've heard of them in Exodus. You know the Ten Commandments? Yeah. That's the first commandment with the promise. And that promise is, if you honor your father and mother, that you will have a long, good life. And we have always, as parents, stood on, the, on that promise and said, our kids honor us. And so, Lord, we know that as our children honor you, they, your word says that they will have a long, good life. You know, when we believe in God for our kids, when we're praying for them, for their healing, for their life, for their future, we quote that scripture. Parents, you don't want your kids just to obey you. That's the minimum bare level requirement here in parenting, that your kids obey you because you're training them. So training requires obedience. Well, this is fun, isn't it? We're almost done. Hang on a second. It's the rocky part. Like when you're entering from outer space back into Earth's atmosphere. Training requires obedience. If you're not requiring obedience, then you're probably not training your children. You're probably kind of like coexisting with them. Here's like a really simple side note. Your kids don't need another buddy. They don't need you to be their pal. Because here's the thing. They've got enough friends at school, and you honestly probably don't make the cut. You're probably not cool enough to be your kids' friends. Yo, what's cracking? What? <laughs> Nobody talks like that anymore. What your kids need you to be is their parent. That's what your kids need. Chris, when you have kids, that's what your kids are looking for. Yes, we love our kids, and there comes a great time as you grow older that you, begin, that you, you, you can become friends with your kid. Me and Josiah worked out at the gym the other day, and it was fun. We were there together, and... We were, he was lifting as much weight as I was, and it was awesome. It's just great. But it's, you, you get to this place where you can become friends with your kids. But when your kids are younger and you're raising them, what your kids need you is to parent them, to challenge them, to provoke them in good works, to say, this is what we're going to do. This is what we believe. I don't want to go to church. Well, we go to church whether you want to go to church or not. I remember, guys, I'm, honestly, I'm almost done. I know I've been talking way too long. I remember one time in church when I was, uh, I want to say 14, maybe 12. We were standing in the front row 
in praise and worship and you know growing up as pastor's kids is awesome <laughs> isn't it chad it's just the best thing ever everybody looks at you everybody stares at you everybody expects things from you and one time i was standing on the front row and we were at church and praise and worship was happening and uh, dad was standing here worshiping the lord and had his hands raised and i was mad about something i can't remember what happened i had a bad attitude i think i had my hands in my pocket and my dad just ever slow so like like professionally just worshiping the lord just leans over and he's like why is he smiling because the worship team can see him and he's smiling he says put your hands up or i'm going to take you in the office and thank you <laughs> he's like smiling the whole time what <laughs> you're like well that seems awfully harsh well, maybe it was, but there are times in your life when you have to parent your children and not be their friends and do the right thing and say the hard things and encourage them on into good works and say, this is how, I'm sorry you don't want to go to church, we're going to church. I'm sorry you don't want to praise the Lord, I'm sorry you're tired, stand up and praise the Lord anyways, and you can be at home and sleep in an hour, and I'll get you a snack on the way. It's going to be great, but right now, we are here in church, and Jesus matters, and the Lord matters, so get up off your cute little butt and begin to sing. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't care. <laughs> they will thank you later. I'm not telling you to be a tyrant. And run around yelling at your kids oh you will praise the lord get up get up <laughs> what i am telling you is that there is a godly call the first command that you see that god gives to man and woman in the garden right off the bat be fruitful and multiply because family matters to the lord godly family matters to the lord there is a calling there is a grace on you to raise good godly children that will go out of this place that will go out of your home that will go out of your family and will be fruitful themselves and multiply and what do they do continue on bearing the same likeness right a tree that has apples will produce apples and what you want is good godly offspring continuing to bear good godly offspring. Uh, you know, Pastor Blake and Adrian, their desire was to raise good godly offspring with Chad and, and Tiffany. And what are their desires? To raise good godly offspring with their kids. And now here's um, Cher yep, Cherokee. I'm just so excited right now. Cherokee and Johnny sitting here and they've got a baby. What is their desire? To raise good godly offspring. And what do you see in this row right here? Generational family at work. Because it matters to the Lord. Stand up with me. If you stand up with me, then that means I'll finish. That's my finishing cue. Family matters to the Lord. The environment that you raise your kids in matters to the Lord. Create an environment where your kids can flourish and thrive and grow. Create an environment where your kids hear about Jesus. Don't create an environment where all they, the only time they hear about Jesus is when they come to church. Create an environment in your home where there's worship happening, where there are Bibles being read, where there is kids being led in the ways of the Lord. It's okay to say to your kid, hey, good morning. Have you read your Bible? <gasps> you want me to ask my kids if they've read their Bible? Yes! 
Encourage your children to read their Bible and have their own relationship with the Lord. And when they haven't, encourage them uh, as in send them upstairs to go and do it. And then train them. That's what training is. Mm -hmm. Train them up. And kids, mm -hmm. honor never ends. The Bible says, children, obey your parents. The Lord is right. Honor your father and mother. Honor never ends. Mm -hmm. Honor never ends. Mm -hmm. Yep, you grow up, and at some point, point in your life, you don't have to obey your parents the same way that you obeyed them when you lived at home. But honor never ends. Amen? Father, we thank you for tonight. God, I just ask right now that you are opening our eyes and that you're showing us your truth and your wisdom and your life and that you are showing us how to be good godly parents and that you are showing us that every phase of our life, whatever phase we're in right now, God, I ask that you are showing us how to continue to be good godly parents, leading our kids in your way, directing their paths, training them for their future, giving wisdom, giving instruction, giving guidance, whatever way that looks. Father, I thank you that you are the God of generations. Amen. That you are the same God yesterday, today, and forever. When you spoke to Adam and said, be fruitful and multiply, you're speaking to us to be fruitful and multiply and to raise good, godly seed. God, I ask that you give us wisdom, that you give us insight. And good Lord, Father, I ask that you give us strength to endure all those conversations, all those things that we walk through, all those hardships, all those tough times, all those sleepless nights. Amen. That you were at work, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We ask all these things in your name. And together we said... Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.